Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy. John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Programmer Podcast. Tired of pushy recruiters sending you LinkedIn requests for jobs you have no interest in? Tired of blasting out resumes into the dark? If so, you should check out Hired.com. Hired.com flips job searching on its head by having top employers like Facebook come to you after you fill out one simple application. You also get your own job coach to help you on your next job search. If you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend you at least fill out the application. Just go to Hired.com forward slash simple programmer. And when you get hired with Hired, you'll get double the normal sign-on bonus for using that link. Kobaton is the mobile device cloud platform you need to manage the devices you own and access the devices you want. From manual to automation testing, Kobaton empowers developers to build great products faster. Manage and access the devices you need. Test on hundreds of devices and configurations. Identify issues quickly. Automatically created activity logs allow you to identify and resolve issues faster. Start testing sooner. Compatibility with existing development tools decreases testing time. Real devices, better testing, faster time to market. Visit kobaton.com slash simpleprogrammer to sign up and start testing in minutes. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast, a short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. Hey, what's up? John Sanmez here from simpleprogrammer.com. So I've got an interview today. I wanted to talk to someone who was active in in our Facebook community. And I know some of you haven't heard of it, uh, but uh, but we, we do have a, a Facebook community on Simple Programmer that that we, we've been offering through Patreon. We're probably going to offer some other ways to, to get in there of, of kind of a, a group of, of people that really want to help help each other and support each other. I wanted to create that kind of a community. I've still got some work to do to to develop that, but it, it's been pretty active. Hey, I just wanted to give a quick thanks to one of our sponsors at Simple Programmer, which is Dev Mountain Bootcamp. You should go check them out. The link is in the description. They are a coding bootcamp and they can teach you web development, iOS development, UX design, a lot of good stuff. I get a lot of feedback from a lot of you out there that email me and told me about Dev Mountain, so I decided to check them out myself, and I, I like what I found. I like their programs. They offer uh, some 12-week intensive programs. They also offer some after-hours programs, which I know that some of you will like. So go check them out. You can see the link in the description below, Dev Mountain Bootcamp, and a big thank you to them for sponsoring Simple Programmer. We had a discussion in there in the Facebook community about sort of depression and, and, and mental illness. And I, th I thought that there was uh, there, there's some, there's some good dialogue. You know, I definitely have some controversial views on 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 it myself. But that's not what we're really going to talk about today. Instead, what I thought I, I would do that I think is just going to be a positive experience for everyone is I I have uh, Maurice here who she has a very interesting story to tell. Uh, has has gone through a lot of struggles herself and has has come out the other side and has really uh, figured out how to um, I think really really help other people with her story. So I, I wanted to introduce uh, Maurice uh, and and really give her a chance to tell her story because I feel like it'll benefit a lot of you rather than me putting my, my input at this point. But, uh, but thanks, thanks, uh, thanks and, and welcome, Maurice. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> um, in video like that too, <laughs> the first time. Uh, so, well, um, yeah. So you want me to start to uh, tell my story or? Oh, yeah. So maybe, maybe if you want to give a little bit of, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit your your story, kind of your background, what um, you, you know, what 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 happened, and 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 what what you've what you've been through, and 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 kind of where you are now. Okay. So um, I'll just try to. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to figure out before we made the call how would the bring about the thing, but. Actually, uh, just to uh, uh, when I was 23 years old, I was diagnosed with uh, um, uh, affective 
I, I have to translate that in my head first. It's a combination of schizophrenia and bipolar um, symptoms. So um, I was uh, diagnosed that in, uh, at 23. So that was uh, like a, a relief for me. I thought, okay, uh, so finally all the crazy stuff going on in uh, in my life or in my head is uh, I'll just have to take pills and life will, will be fine after everything's gonna be normal but uh, just to give a little bit of history how I got to that was, was a, well I don't think I know I was a very uh, introverted person sorry sorry for my English it's a bit hard sometimes oh no it's, uh, it's, it's was, fine <laughs> I hope people understand what I say oh definitely so yeah, I, I was a very <laughs> I'm very introverted. I was, but um, when I was younger, um, before, from seven years old and under, I um, uh, I wouldn't say shy, but, but was very close and uh, wouldn't communicate that much. And so I was uh, someone who would think a lot and I, I wouldn't express anything I wouldn't express much and, and nothing would come out and no one really knew I felt or uh, but I, I was fine at that at that point but I would was a type of person thinking I really wanted to know what other people were thinking how they viewed things and I thought I could concentrate hard enough to study and get into the head of someone else to see through their eyes and see how they, they view life and everything. So at some point I thought, oh, I'm sure I'm getting close to do it. So <laughs> I, would, that was, I was obsessed with that idea. I uh, always wanted to know. Uh, I was really intrigued uh, with the with uh, the truth and really uh, seeing how people understood things and how things work. So uh, I was uh, born in a, a family of uh, evangelical, um, you know, uh, Jesus freaks, people like that. <laughs> my, <laughs> my parents, uh, so the, the first thing they, they, they thought was the best thing for me to know was that there's hell and you better uh, believe in Jesus or you're gonna burn forever. And <laughs> so, um, so what I got from that, I thought, okay, yeah. So uh, what I do has to be motivated by fear. Right. So all that right. time until I was seven, I, I, every time I went to bed, it was like a, a living graveyard in my room. I always saw everything that you would find in a graveyard, like snakes and uh, and like worms and things and skeletons and everything was. I had nightmares all the time, and uh, I guess a lot of children are like that. But when we moved from, we lived in a small village. Well, and my father wanted to. Um, to go to a Bible college. He was a, he worked in mines when we were there in um, the village and he was obsessed with going to Bible college. So we had to, we moved to Montreal. And so from there I did my second grade in school and then on third grade I, we, they removed us from school and did uh, homeschooling with a, um, an American um, autodidact uh, program for children. So from there, I never had teachers. I had to learn on my own uh, with English uh, books that were highly sensitive uh, with religion. So that's all I knew until I was 15 years old. But uh, I was a kind of person. We started going to a a big uh, church, Pentecostals, that's what that is. Okay, so they, they have a fixation on uh, speaking in tongues. 
<laughs> right. So, sorry, I, it makes me laugh because I just find it absurd. <laughs> but that's all I knew. But the the way I was, I always questioned everything, even if that's the only thing I knew. And um, I wanted to be, I had a deep uh, a desire for uh, authenticity, to for the true things. I didn't want to uh, play play things just, just to be like, you know. So they were praying on me for me to get the, the speaking in tongues thing. Like, <laughs> so to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. And so um, they started telling me, okay, uh, just let any sound come out of your mouth and just just make it, just do it. And I was thinking, then I was thinking, I think I was 10 years old at that time. I was thinking, uh, what's that? Like, that doesn't make sense. If the Holy Spirit's going to make me do something, I won't have to do anything. It's just going to happen. So I waited. But I was really sincere. It wasn't really a... I wasn't being arrogant, I was sincere. And right. it, it never happened, and I was questioning everything, but wouldn't express much inside all the time, and I was thinking all the time, going crazy with analyzing everything, and so at some point, uh, nothing made sense anymore. <laughs> it's just nothing made sense. and. Also, uh, for um, in my family, I always knew my mother. Uh, she always seemed to suffer a lot. Um, I knew she had uh, physical problems, like uh, thyroid. Um, she, uh, but it wasn't. It didn't seem to be only that. She was. Um, I always saw her like a depressive uh, person. To the point that I, I really didn't want to be like that. <laughs> and when I, at one point, uh, it's just a funny anecdote, I got to know there were blood types. And I knew, uh, they told me my mother had a negative blood type. And then I, they were going to tell me my blood type, and I was there in my head, oh, I don't want to have the negative blood type. <laughs> As if I would have been negative. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, you're all negative. So I didn't have any reaction, but inside my head, I was like, no, I don't want to be negative. And I was like, going. <laughs> I realized it had nothing to do with that. But it's just yeah. to show you at what point I, I, I was like, no, no way. Even if, if I'm supposed to be negative, I won't be. <laughs> I, I'm, I was really... Uh, determined <laughs> to go through that, but there's a lot of things I didn't understand because I, I was only in that environment. So right. at some point, right. at 15 years old, they had to send us back to school. By that time, we weren't in Montreal anymore. We had moved back in, in a small region, a small, small town, because my, my father, who worked in mines, he, <laughs> He couldn't, didn't have much work in Montreal. He was just doing bad jobs. So, and I was 13. And when I was 15, things were just getting worse to the point that I had to hide my Bible because I was, I felt I was going to throw up if I saw it. I was shaking and I was going totally insane. It didn't make sense. I, I, I started to hear things and something around me, watching me, and I felt like, I don't know if I, the demons would come and take me and torture me for <laughs> I never felt that uh, there was nothing I could do to, um, to make sense with all that. So, at 15, I don't know if there's a God, but seriously, if there's one, it must not do that. It doesn't make sense. There's too much pain there. <laughs> I don't want that anyway. So they, they, they sent us to school, me and my two sisters, because we weren't able to continue our home um, schooling because we weren't motivated. We needed to see other people. Right. 
So I started school at 15. And my two sisters were extroverted personalities. They, they didn't have too much difficulty to adapt, but um, I was very strange. I, <laughs> people would tell my sister I have, um, my sister has a year younger than me. Oh, your sister is so strange. Is she on drugs? She's so strange. <laughs> because I was just being there staring at people saying nothing all the time. Yeah. Because I, yeah. had, I had no clue what to do. I, I was like, okay, I'll just observe and, and see how things work. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> so I just was there staring at everyone and not saying a thing because I, I saw, okay, people are talking between each other. And I'm there, what could I say? I thought, oh, I have nothing to say. I'll just observe and I, it was really strange. Either people thought I was schizophrenic or on drugs. So that wasn't uh, easy to, <laughs> to make normal friends. <laughs> so those that were easy to get along with were uh, the crowd, maybe. Those who were on, really on drugs and... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fit perfectly with them. I stayed just one year in the public school. Because I adapt to uh, listening to a teacher, I I couldn't follow anything. I, I just got lost totally in my head. So I had to uh, year I went to uh, adult school to finish. Yeah, from there I yeah uh, like my parents before uh, they isolated isolated us from the outside world because they say, oh, everything outside is really evil and bad and there's just violence and it's all bad. <clears throat> so I thought to myself, well, that's okay. I'll just, uh, I know, uh, I know now. So I just expect the worst and it's all good. I'll just adapt and find a way yeah. through that. I thought it couldn't be worse than how I felt already. So uh, that's how I started going out with a, uh, a very violent guy, so I stayed for two years with him. I didn't have any feelings with him, for him, but it was just a, um, I don't know. I just thought that was well, that was the way it is. Until he find he was he used a lot of drugs. So one time he had a moment of lucidity <laughs> and said, "Oh, we should leave each other because." Uh, be hurting you all the time so I said oh, okay perfect I was just waiting for that because I didn't know how to get out of that so I just took all my stuff and, and left so the next morning he called me and said oh that was a mistake so not for me so he said okay so the life threat uh, the death threat started he was saying I meet you in the streets you see blood flowing everywhere like he's gonna kill me or something. Oh wow! So I thought, oh, okay. That's so why I I decided to leave for. I took a one-way ticket to the Caribbean, <laughs> 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 and I started meeting nice people there. So finally, that's not true. Okay, that so that was one first um, a new understanding of life that. It's not true that all people are really bad and I don't need to stay with those people because there's some other options. So I thought, oh, okay, well, cool then. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so I stayed there and uh, after three months and a half, I came back to um, Quebec City. But there's a, there was a lot of flawed ways of thinking still. So I ended up, um, I thought, I was a human. I, in my head, I was. I didn't access access to humanity yet. I was just. I didn't know what I was really, and I. I, I just felt that I was um, just a, an accessory or an object, with the because I had a hard time feeling things. I just felt not real, and I. I just put myself all the time in an intense. Uh, situations that could really go really wrong and and after those three years with the, that other guy uh, uh, 
uh, living like crazy, crazy stuff. I just, uh, it just seemed nothing was that bad. It just uh, happened. I, it's like I didn't really feel fine. Crazy stuff happened in my head that I couldn't control, and I didn't understand much of all that. But I was determined to understand. I was just that was my motivation, and. Um, I begged the second, the first week I got there, I started working in restaurants there. And the second week, I went out with that girl, and she said, "Okay, come at my place tonight, and we'll go out in bars and have fun." So I said, "Okay, cool." So I went, and like crazy at that time, I, I had no control on anything. I had to do things to uh, excess all the time. So. When uh, we got out of the bar, there's the other guy that worked at the same restaurant that I saw. I think he was there already. I didn't see him before. And he said, oh, come over at my place. So I said, no, no, I'm going uh, at, with uh, Julie, I think her name was. I turned around, and she had left already. I, I, I feel that uh, there was uh, some, I don't know, some manipulation there. Or organized together or whatever anybody there. Uh, there was no way for me to go back at my home. And so I thought there's nowhere else to go. I'll just go. But I would have blackouts all the time. Uh, I drink that much. So I realized I just had flashes of lucidity and I got to realize that I was being, uh, you know, whatever. So uh, uh, I was so upset the next morning. I said, oh, "Don't you expect anything else from me? You got well, you have you got what you wanted, so just leave me alone." Right. Uh, I said, "Oh no, I want right. more from you." So I, at that point, I didn't think I had any um, rights over myself. So I was a, like I said, an accessory, an object that had no rights about uh, on myself. So. If someone wanted something from from me, I had no choice. So it was like I was really upset. I thought, oh no, not not that again. <laughs> I'm gonna put something I hate again. So I ended up two years with someone I hated. Oh, wow. I said two yeah. years. Oh, wow. I, I, I was trying to find a solution out of that. I didn't know how. I was really, I had no clue how to work through that until I found the solution of moving away from there. I moved in the English uh, province, the uh, neighbor from Quebec, the province. So uh, I stayed there two years and finally was able to work things in my head in a way to, uh, at least I, I knew I had no clue how to work relationships with people. Uh, and knowing that I was, I thought, okay, I have to find a way to not get trapped and things like that again. But no, doesn't make sense. So finally, I was able to uh, figure out that if to have control, I, I was also told uh, all they wanted was uh, sex and things like that. So I thought, well, that's perfect. Then I don't want anything else myself. So I don't feel really. I don't understand how to work things anyway, so that's fine. I'll just take control of things that way. And so right. if I just wait, everything's going to be fine. So that worked perfectly for quite a while. I realized that men do have emotions too. <laughs> a little bit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and they also want to have a more than that. So I thought, oh, okay, that's so but I'm not there yet. I don't I still don't understand. <laughs> I still don't feel anything, you know. So uh, anyways, I was going from crazy stuff to another until one of my colleagues uh, at work said um see he would see how I was and and, and suggested so I go see um, a, psychi a psychiatrist uh, because he took some medication for I don't know what, but uh, so I thought, oh, okay, I, it never occurred to me. So I went, and that's when I got my for um, that uh, thing I can't name in English. So um, 
schizophrenia and bipolarity. Taking medication on and off and um, until, uh, yeah, I took medication, I started get feeling better until I thought, oh, well, I feel great. I, I don't need that. I'll just stop. And then the first time I stopped, for one week I was like shaking and was feeling so sick and that was crazy. But then I felt better and went on with life until the next uh, episode of uh, craziness. I would have psychotic uh, um, periods of like, like one time I thought my tools were, um, um, how do you say that? Uh, you know when people plan together something to, uh, oh, conspiring, to like, you or yeah. <laughs> I thought my tools like my hammer, screwdriver, and you know, tools like that were making a conspiracy to kill me. So, you know, things like that doesn't yeah. make any sense, but I did in those moments. I would hide in my washroom and uh, until I felt it was safe for me to come out. Crazy things like that. At one point, I thought there was something inside me who uh, was controlling me. At some time, I thought I wasn't alive anymore, but just had to wait that I would really die. I I felt nothing, no uh, pain, no uh, sadness, no heart, nothing, just neutral. It's really strange, but that was. I tried. I would start getting my medication, but. Really, it didn't do much. Uh, maybe I wasn't uh, regular enough with my medication, and being the person I am, I wouldn't communicate. And psychiatrists, I tell you, are <laughs> those I knew at the moment. I would wonder myself, oh, they really look crazy themselves. It's like uh, they just look, stare at you in a really yeah. Yeah. Strange way, and feel like, oh, who's sick here? <laughs> Me or them? I don't know. <laughs> but then, <laughs> um, point I I had the social worker who did help me to at least negotiate with those vo voices, uh, tell me like imposing me things that I didn't want to, and since I am the I don't. I won't do things I don't want. If I really believe it, I tried to to fight against that and just felt worse and worse. And that that was the one period that it seemed I I, I would stay like that forever. I was uh, I don't know how much time weeks months I don't know I lost track. And uh, so finally, uh, yeah, I was on and off and. Uh, medication, and then I started. Uh, I'll just keep taking my medication, and who cares? That's that's my life, and I just have to take that. But when I take those medications, I feel in real life, I'm my brain is like really intense and everything. But with medication, if you could compare with colors. Without medication, it's really big, bright colors, and with medication, it's uh, like just beige or, you know, pastel colors really washed out. <laughs> so right. it, it's not right. too much fun, but so it is. And I, I met the, when I started to take them again um, around 2006, I think. And I met uh, my uh, my husband. We've been together around uh, ten years now. I started working with him. That's how we met. In a, a period that I just wanted to isolate myself. I just couldn't stand people. <laughs> they were driving me crazy. So I was working in his restaurant, and this res that restaurant was didn't going well at, at all. So that was perfect for me. No customers, no, <laughs> no trouble, but no money. <laughs> but that was fine for me. But I didn't, I didn't feel good at all. But 
well. Uh, finally, uh, at restaurants, and I was so sick of working in restaurants, and so um, uh, after selling the restaurant, we had two, um, it was in 2008, but, um, well, for two months, we had two months after we were able to just not work, and then after that, no more money, we had to go back to work <laughs> for other people. <laughs> that was disgusting. <laughs> In about two months and a half, I changed jobs four times because I was so irritated with everything. <laughs> yeah. When something yeah. doesn't, when I don't like something, I just leave. I don't care. I just, and there's just, there's so many restaurants. I think, oh, who cares? But, after those two uh, months and a half, mm, uh, Case, my my husband, he uh, he had started a, an empty uh, uh, open another restaurant, and said so he asked me if I want to uh, to go to do that with him. I said, oh, I don't want to work in restaurants anymore. I'm just sick of that. But after I, so he was going to open with someone else, and uh, I thought. I'm gonna do. I don't even know what to do. What? So I thought, okay, now I'll I'll do it. Work. I'll make it work. So that's fine. So I decided, and the other guy wasn't really convinced. So that was perfect. I opened the restaurant, and what I found is, being my restaurant when something did work that I didn't like, I could just change everything, and and that felt really good. At least I had control over that. I got to discover tons of things and an employee. So that was great. I was already working all the time, so just working all the time for myself was much better. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. um, what happened is in 2000, I was admitted in a center for psychotic people and um, I was referred there by a psychiatrist. That was the best thing ever because they have another, other perspective on psychiatry. That is, uh, it's been I think 35 years now. It exists and it never closes. It's always open. And they, they, the idea is there were a group of um, psychologists, you know, people working with. Uh, other people like that who thought uh, schizophrenic people are just uh, given drugs to just shut up and not listen to those voices they hear and just just try to forget about it and so uh, the the schizophrenic people or psychotic people would just uh, close themselves more and more isolate themselves and take more and more drugs because it just gets worse and worse. Right. So they saw it doesn't bring any results to just, it doesn't make sense. These people need to to talk and express themselves. And so that's, the, that's how um, it came, uh, that center. Uh, it took me a while to understand how things work because you go there and they don't tell you that you discover on your own. So you need to talk all the time. I have a psychiatrist, a psychanalyst. <laughs> I have a social um, worker. And so um, I go there every week. For the first year, I just talked and, and felt I was always talking of the same things all the time. I was so I don't know where we're going with that. <laughs> it just doesn't, I didn't feel, I didn't understand what was going on. So uh, at the end of 2015, it just struck me that I got to understand um, better what I, I got a, one first big uh, understanding that is I that's when I understood that I I uh, was um, uh, acting as if I wasn't a human, and that's true. Like in even in 2015. Uh, I can recall times I would just observe customers 
talking between each other and was so impressed. They were they were things special. They were just like everyday stuff, and I was look at them and think, wow, humans. Maybe I'll be a human yeah. one day too. <laughs> just yeah. because yeah. for me, just seeing people uh, speak freely and just. I don't know. Just seemed like, wow. I, I wonder how I could be able to do that. Me too. Even um. Even my my husband. We've been like I said, ten or more years together, and for the most part, uh, he would tell me sometimes, ah, oh, you know, uh, I feel alone because he never really talked to me or. Um, well, talk to me. I want to know what's inside you. Just, I, and I had no clue what to say. <laughs> I just it was a big blank in my head. I just wasn't able to express anything. And I, I then what he would tell me that I, I would, I would feel really um, sad in some way because I thought, well, that's that's too bad. He feels alone, and I don't know what to do <laughs> about that. Because uh, he said when you 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 talk, it's just Say silly things to uh, joke around and real stuff too. So uh, I wanted to, but it just made me uh, more anxious, and I wasn't able to. But when I started un understanding this, for simple things, I wasn't even able to tell him if I wanted to do something or took an appointment for something. It just Took me forever to plan and prepare to say one simple thing. It just was so insane. So when when I understood, I acted like um, an object. I I that's where I understood. It started to uh, work things in my mind, and, and I started several things happen that uh, helped me understand a little bit more until. Uh, the last thing that really I felt that it went to the core of the problem for me is I've always by the fact that I saw my mother so uh, so in pain and suffering and in when I was younger uh, if I wanted to express her affection or love or she would just um, I don't know if it was like that all the time, but what stayed in my head is that she she didn't believe me, and she uh, threatened me to kill herself. That's what I wanted, and I would have be happy to find her dead, and oh wow, you know, would be doing this and that, and I was like, oh, so I. So I tried to observe what she really wanted and thought the more I would do it, she would understand I love her. But she never understood. I, so I thought, uh, being stubborn as I am, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll show her sometimes. I, <laughs> she'll, yeah. she'll get to understand. Yeah. But I had to cut myself from my emotions uh, because it was just uh, insane at some point. I know she... I think she doesn't even realize it. She just said, uh, I don't know. But, uh, all that trans in, into uh, a lot of anger and, and hate. And I would be, I, I couldn't feel love anymore because it just didn't make sense. So I, I would feel more pity or hate or things like that. So. I guess I that was my way to cope with things to just cut myself, you know. Yeah. I was everything was in little categories, boxes separately. When but now I understand that as humans, that's not the way we work. We can't be all like we're a whole. <laughs> we can't right. just work things right. separately. Then that's where the the trouble comes. <laughs> exactly. So. Um, so uh, uh, that's why that center helped me. And, and other people uh, that go there that I see are starting to have breakthroughs uh, in their mind as well. And uh, uh, they're saying that, like one other guy said, you know, uh, 
I'm starting, I'm, it's really good to start to know, uh, discover new stuff. And what he's discovering is himself. <laughs> he's right. starting to understand right. the problem. Because when you don't understand even what's wrong, it's hard to work to, to uh, get better. So that's what we're doing at that place, is to work to understand what's wrong it's just to work through things to get to the core of what where that comes from and so um, I understood that I was stuck to the point that I felt responsible for my mother's um, well-being and I felt even if logically I knew I wasn't there's something in me that kept me uh, feeling responsible all the time, and is if I, um, if I uh, had, if I felt well, or I realized that I felt guilt, so much guilt, and that my whole life guilt. So, so when you're guilty, you don't have any rights. <laughs> right. You're just considered as someone guilty of. I was responsible for the. Whole, all the tragedies of the whole world in some way. I felt responsible for everything, so I just would work myself, work, uh, just keep uh, do things to excess and all the, too much, you know. I was, it was maybe a way to, to just um, evacuate that, but it never, it never worked. So I understood that was the problem. I had to cut that thing that kept me linked to my mother in a way, like anyone, it's just um, to do. When you're young, you're dependent of your parents, but at some point you become, you you discover your individuality, and right. you're right. you're two people. And I didn't do that. I hadn't done that yet, and I thought I had. So uh, when I understood that, it, all of a sudden, just everything was significant. I was a Oh my God! All that for that? It was so simple. <laughs> I felt ridiculous for a few moments, but minutes, but then I thought, okay, well, I feel really that's good. Okay, let's go then. But uh, it, it gave me um, the possibility of just not be feeling so um, traumatized or for simple things when I. Um, interact with people who uh, have the same uh, tendency to uh, be so tragic and everything. I always, always feel so, oh my god, I, I need to save these people. <laughs> and nice. then just crazy on that. <laughs> so um, it, it triggered also a desire to, to research a little bit on uh, mental Ill illness. Also, question my psychiatrist. I I told her uh, I saw her last week, and I said, "Is there such a thing as mental illness? Is that real, or is it just a, a result of things that you stay stuck in your mind and that just build when you cut your emotions? It's just still there, but." It has to come out some way, and then you don't understand, but, and then that's where the symptoms come from. Is that it, or is there such a thing? Because I said, uh, there's nothing that proves, really. <laughs> you know you know when they try to convince you? Uh, when right. they, they don't say there's this disease, uh, there's... Uh, Today, uh, whatever, uh, the four-letter thing that uh, if you have a, like you said one time, you thought you were, you were supposed to have that. The TDHD, uh, how do you call it? Oh, oh, ADHD, yeah. ADHD, yeah. In French, right. it starts with T, that's why. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's this, there's also depression, there's a schizophrenia and then they, they come out with that and they say okay look at a picture of a, a healthy brain and a picture of a, a brain of someone who suffers of this illness okay um, well if that would really make sense 
if that's really, really uh, sure and official, why don't they use that to diagnose the mental illness? Right. If it really makes sense. Because right. <laughs> I said, you know, uh, we all know that everything we do, everything we um, we think, everything, because we're we're alive, <laughs> it, it makes a interaction in our brain. The chemicals uh, always are in movement. So if you take a picture of a brain of someone in in a psychotic uh, episode or who who is um, like I was, always uh, in a strange. Uh, well, no wonder the brain is going to be configured differently from someone who just is normal. <laughs> so, uh, so if you take that same brain in a moment, that the healthy brain in a, um, uh, I don't know, in a moment of crisis in his life, it won't look like that for sure. <laughs> right, yeah, I, so I totally you, agree with you. If you feel stressed or whatever, you're the. It's just a manipulation of things. You take images to say what you want to say. So, anyways, that's why I was telling my psychiatrist why I got to, um, and I wanted her to tell me what she thought about that. Totally right, she said. Wow. Uh, there's no way to prove mental illness. And not even those pictures. You can't make a diagnosis with that. No way. Right. She said so. And she said you are totally right on the the fact of saying that when emotions, that um, that's when strange things happen. <laughs> that's when you don't understand what's going on. And sometimes you don't even know that something's. Um, we're we're so fragile in a way. Sometimes we just tell ourselves uh, things we believe things, and that we don't even realize that we uh, block up on something. We think that's reality, especially introverted person people. Need to because we don't communicate that much, as much. We just are very much in our our brains all the time. So. Um, I'm not saying it's perverted. <laughs> don't get those um, things too, in, in their own way, I guess. But anyway, just and then I started uh, searching, and I found a very interesting um, author. He was a psychiatrist. He died in 2012. Uh, Zaz, you know, um, I think it's Thomas Zaz. Thomas Stephen Zaz. Anyway, he was a psychiatrist and. He was, uh, people labeled him as an anti-psychiatrist because of his belief <laughs> on psychiatry. Uh, you know, in, in the start of psychiatry, uh, uh, mentally ill people would be controlled and they, 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 they would be isolated and they had no free will in what was right. happening to them. And, and, they, and at the same time, people say, oh, physical illness is the same as mental illness? The same. Uh, and we say, no, it's not the same. Right. <laughs> he, he would right. argue that. And he, would, he said things just stand on my own. Because I said, what's that bullshit? We're, it's not the same at all. Like if you have a, I don't know, whatever illness, uh, Physical illness that doesn't touch your brain, for uh, for example, I don't know, whatever uh, a cold. Let's say something really uh, simple like a a cold or something, or flu or whatever. Uh, you you don't start to wonder who you are all of a sudden. You don't get confused on who you are. <laughs> right. You don't. Uh, right. But. They say mental illness is the same, but you get confused with who you are because the symptoms, and then you're there. Okay, what's me and what's my my illness? And then you, there's no line you can draw there. So that's when you 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 become a, a non-human. You're not a human anymore because you you don't feel anything because everything you feel is an illness.
<laughs> right. It doesn't make sense. So, uh, so that's where it doesn't make sense, and also, uh, it it changed with time. And there's no, there's not as much control of over. Uh, but there's a lot of like, oh, you're mentally ill. Did you take your pills? Uh, when you start to feel uh, like anyone, when you start to have emotions, people would tell you, tell you, oh, did you take your pills? As if, as if it not normal to feel things. It's like, right. oh, right. I'm not, I'm not supposed to feel anything. <laughs> and they, uh, and how the control was put on the mentally ill, they didn't have rights. They didn't have the right to decide for themselves to take their medication or not. It's, that's a big difference also. Someone who's diagnosed with a physical illness, they're not imposed any, um, Medication that they they should they they are medication. No one's gonna force them, right? But mentally ill, they right. they they don't have that 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 freedom, and that's why he he was fighting yeah, to say that um, they are humans too. That it it takes away their humanity and it takes away their responsibility. They don't exist anymore. They're just objects in a way. They're not. So that's what he would say, and that's why I got to understand before reading it. It was just confirming what I thought. Yeah. So not yeah. saying, and and what people don't try to say when it's it's a bit delicate to say because people think when you say that heartless person who right. who denies that right. people suffer but that's not that's not the thing it's that's just right. trying to give empower you that you're you're a human you and there's something that go that's not right for sure that's not it wasn't normal for me to be scared of my tools <laughs> for <Right>. example <laughs> oh it's oh it's a relief I'm <laughs> No. Well, no. <laughs> you think that's gonna happen to me again? <laughs> I mean, I got. It doesn't mean that I won't have any more struggles or problems, but I'll be more able to face them and be more able to communicate because I started communicating in 2016. Just last year, I. That's when I started to really start. Uh, it was uh, really awkward. It was difficult, but with time, you you get to uh, and and not be as uh, confused all the time. And you could understand that's normal. That crazy stuff happened. If I kept everything inside like that, it's totally normal. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's it's like that. It's expected that that would cause those, those kind of things. I think. Of course. People see the the <laughs> symptoms and they think that that is 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 the disease, but this it's not. It's 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 a, an effect of oh. of of something that's already wrong, which is right. is not is it's not that they try to treat just the one thing instead of treating mm -hmm. yeah realizing you know like like you had to go through and, and discover yourself and realize uh, you know what yeah what your your issues were the the deep issues not not just the surface level ones. Yeah. So that's why I'm really glad I got to. Uh, I feel really for the first time. I really feel at peace. I feel is um, I have my life was like a pursuit of to find freedom. That's my biggest. Um, that's my top value <laughs> for me. Freedom. Right. Exactly. Just to feel. And freedom comes with a uh, with uh, peace, you know. Right. When you feel uh, trapped, and I was trapped in myself, I just uh, that wasn't freedom. So uh, freedom is uh, comes with a lot of responsibility and power. Uh, that's what you gain when you get to know yourself better. When you get to understand, and I I think people might. Some people might say, "Oh, uh, well, I don't have, uh, I didn't anything, I didn't, I don't have anything dramatic that could have uh, affected me." So, 
now uh, I'm sure I'm mentally ill, so well, it doesn't have to be dramatic. And some people, they didn't even remember. And there's a mechanism that some people have uh, developed to cope with some things is uh, to just completely forget it. <laughs> or you don't even realize it. Sometimes it's so simple. And then when you understand it, you, you think, okay, that, that was such a big deal, but no, okay. <laughs> so right. that's what I would encourage people. It's like my psychiatrist said, it's not the medication that's going to make a change. We, we do, it's a combination of things. And sometimes medication can help to cope in, in intense moments where you just, uh, it can help to just calm down when it's just out of control, you know. And then you can work on yourself, but it can't be just medication. Right. And in that center, they work to get you to a point of either no more medication or the least possible. Yeah. They're all imaginary. <laughs> like, these are, this is a center for people who are considered the, the most chronically ill people, like schizophrenic people. Schizophrenia is considered the most chronic mental illness. So, I mean, I'm not trying to say that other, like depression is nothing. It is very bad. It can ruin someone terribly. But it's the same principle. It's the same thing. Right. So, um, you can't run away from your yourself very long. And if right. you do for your whole right. life, you just ruin you, your life for nothing, seriously. So. Right. Yeah. I, you. What's that? The best people to help you is uh, professionals and just to find someone that is respectful of humanity, that is person uh, as a whole, not just a. Uh, you know, just medication or whatever, and uh, it's worth that. I I I looked for very long to find some someone who could really help me. Help people in your surroundings, and not that I say that your friends and family can't help you, but it can be really hard for them. They don't understand necessarily what's going on, and and you can push away people. It's not because they're. They're heartless. It's just that they might not even know what to do, and it scares people. Right. It's not worth, um, it's not worth being heavy on your surroundings, but at least find uh, some therapist and and uh, and then share with your your um, friends and family that you trust, and share with them. Um, your, you can share your struggles and with the people you trust and then they'll understand better and they, they can help you that way but not just like just telling your problems all the time and, and turning your because they're not equipped to, uh, to help you and right. they might even do things and say things that but they didn't mean to do that they just don't understand <laughs> it's exactly. not nothing yeah. against you so that's it. That's what I <laughs> Well, I appreciate you taking the time to, to share your, your story. Uh, like I said, I, I want to definitely let you talk because I think, like you, you mentioned too, I think a lot of people sometimes say, oh, John, you're heartless. You, 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 you say this like, how can you be so mean? And, uh, and you know, really my, my philosophy is, is really that. Like I feel like there's too many people that just want to just want to patch you up and get you through the mm -hmm. day so you can cope with your issues and I feel like just coping just making it through the day is not the level that I would want to live at and that I, that not the level that I want other people to to live at so I you know I, I appreciate you know you talking about going in depth and really discovering who you are and, and what what your issues are because that's that's better than coping that's actually getting to the the root and and, and realizing that you know we all have all we like almost it's almost like our our life like our goal in life like I mean we, we've got to figure out these things and 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 sometimes mm -hmm. I think a lot of people use medication to just get through life or get through the day 
and to me that's it, it it seems like a very pointless uh it almost seems like a pointless existence if all you're doing is just medicating yourself so that you can try to be normal yeah. uh when, when, and you're never really discovering yourself and and what what really makes you up but. yeah that's right and and when you um i i also uh, try to uh, study a bit the different personalities right and when you look through the different personalities you understand also that Everyone has different ways of seeing things, dealing with everything in life, and and everyone has their strengths and uh, weaknesses, and and it's totally normal. Think of that. It, uh, society is based on maybe one sort. Right. Exactly. Principle. So it's totally normal for not everyone to feel comfortable in that, and it, and. Uh, that's where you need to uh, figure out what works for you and it happens for yourself. That's why some people are totally comfortable with um, some sort of system. That's why some people in, at school, they, they just make for them, but the system is in a way, that's uh, the way it is. Uh, well, that's then your responsibility to, um, to figure out what works for you. And that's great. That makes you even stronger and, and bigger in a way because to be more creative, unique, and well, what's the problem with that? I mean, should be proud of being. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be too much like everyone anyway. So I think everyone wants to be unique, but at the same time, they want to belong to a, a group. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Unique by being the same. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very simple, and that makes it complicated <laughs> because we we tend to uh, to be very complicated. But I think humor is a good way to uh, to deal with things. And to cope with things, at least for a while, until you understand how you function, and that helped me a lot. To just uh, when I I would feel I was just losing control and couldn't do it to just explode and uh, destroy everything around me. <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. of um, comedians I. I enjoy listening to that uh, when I'm in crisis, I just press play and then I just start laughing and it just um, uh, calms everything down. When you laugh, uh, it does something in your chemicals in your head. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that makes you feel good. So it's, it's uh, a state, I don't state need change. Medication. Yeah. So it just, yeah. It just, um, there's a bomb and then it just deactivates it. So uh, I, then I'm able to um, cope with the, whatever's going on in a better state of mind. So uh, that's another great tool that I gave to my mom too, <laughs> because she can be very uh, intense. Yeah. And drama uh, yeah. sometimes. And I said, you know, mom, what I discovered? I discovered that. So I gave her the trick and she said. Well, you know what? I don't want to laugh. I don't feel like laughing. I said, well, do you think I feel like laughing? <laughs> do you think I feel like laughing? That's why I have a playlist. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a choice to make I wouldn't it, be able to laugh on my head. Yeah. You, exactly. And I laughed. <laughs> Find the humor that fits you. I like dark humor. So I, I, I have my playlist that fits me, and then I laugh. So it's all good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Sometimes when we're in the bad states, we want to stay in the bad states because we 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 get some kind of a sick pleasure out of feeling sad or feeling the way like, and we don't right. want to actually come out of that state. And so that I think that's a great technique to be able to have something. Sometimes I just remind myself, I'm like, if you choose right now to jump up and jump around and scream and and be excited, you can just choose to do that, and then you'll do that. Like, I, but but in my head is saying no 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 I want to be upset about this thing and so you know then I <laughs> then I realize I'm making a choice to be upset about this thing instead of 
instead of letting it right. go, instead of having a good time, instead of having a laugh, and and then you know, and and and, and then I see my own my own silliness that, that I'm 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 bringing this upon myself. I'm not I'm not the victim that's here. I'm the, choosing it. So that's being able to laugh at yourself, and and sometimes yeah, that's true. You, you don't you you you're in such a big mess in your head that you're you don't feel able to do that step. Yeah. So that's where you have to find tricks to help you. And for me, it was my playlist. And yeah. I just really enjoy it, even when I feel good, because it's really fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I even developed a way of dealing with my customers at the restaurant. Yeah. When we had it really upset really fast with some uh, uh, with people sometimes it just don't make sense and I'm like oh my God. <laughs> so stupid <laughs> but then I, I I decided at some point I just it was just so annoying I, and my boyfriend said uh, oh you get uh, upset really too fast with uh, don't so uh, I said no but they just doesn't make sense. It's so annoying. <laughs> so I decided to work things around. Simply tell the customers what I thought, and it would be really rude. Yeah. In a, a way that it, it was like a it was like a shock. They didn't expect that say something like that. And also in the way I did it, start laughing. Even the person concerned. <laughs> And they would have a blast, and it would just end up in like, well, like a big party. It was so everyone would be laughing at everywhere because sometimes everyone annoys me. So exactly. <laughs> I would just bluntly say and joke around with everyone. And yep. then uh, the customers that I I felt like I I insulted because I thought it was was so annoying. They ended up uh, leaving and saying. Wow, that was great service. Thank you. We had so much fun. It was all good. <laughs> yeah. This is the power of authenticity. <laughs> so, so that's um Okay, that's well, what uh, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I think it's well, been a long uh, talk. I don't know how much time we need. <laughs> Yeah, we should probably probably wrap it up, but um but yeah, but but I, I thank you again for 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 taking the time and for sharing your story because I know it's not always easy to you know to share so much personal things. But I, I really believe what what you said uh, can can really be helpful to someone, especially you know I was, I was really inspired by the fact that like like you said I think schizophrenia is one of the one of the worst you know diagnoses that and and so like if you're able to conquer this uh, you know through through and and and, and really then, then I think it gives a lot of people hope that that are you know sometimes the wrong message sometimes people are given a message of no hope that there's no hope for them uh, especially schizophrenia that's what so that's what medication but, uh, does, yeah. right yeah so uh so thank you again and uh, and, I, and I appreciate you and I appreciate uh, uh you know you taking the time so uh, my pleasure <laughs> hopefully it empowers people <laughs> yeah all right all right take care <laughs> You too. Thank you. <laughs> hey, what's up? John here. Just wanted to make sure you aren't missing out. Only about half the content I put out is on this podcast. This podcast is created mostly from the audio from the YouTube videos I put out daily. When you get a chance, head on over to youtube.com forward slash simple programmer and click the subscribe button to get access to two to three new videos every day. Even if you prefer the audio format, make sure you subscribe at youtube.com forward slash simple programmer so you can check out what you might be missing.